Welcome back to another episode of Investees. This week, we are going to discuss government shutdowns, what happens when a government shutdown occurs, and what impact do government shutdowns have on the overall economy. Before we get into that, let's take it back to May, when we were having highly politicized conversations in the media about going into debt default. A lot of the times, debt default is confused with a government shutdown. Back in May, we were looking for the debt ceiling to be raised in order to be able to pay our bills. I'm not going to go into the details of that today. I do have an article that I wrote for Hey Chica on People in Español that we can link in the show notes if you want to learn more about the debt default. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because, as I said earlier, there is confusion between the two. And so I just want to let you know that these are two separate issues. However, with that being said, When we went into a debt default, Fitch, who is one of the top three credit rating agencies, did give the United States a stern warning that the fact that we are potentially going into default can lower our credit rating. Fitch did end up lowering our credit rating just a few months after making that statement, We have an entire episode breaking down the credit agencies that rate all of the countries. If you want to check that out, we'll also link that in the show notes. Now, tying this all together, Moody's, the third credit agency that has not downgraded us, gave us a stern warning this week on Monday, letting us know that basically if we don't get our act together, they will also downgrade us. This is important because when the United States of America doesn't have a good credit score, that doesn't just impact the United States of America. That impacts the global economy. The result in the downgrade of a credit score is that people begin to lose confidence in the United States and the economic power that it has. In addition to the United States of America having a credit downgrade, the debate on raising the debt ceiling between both sides of the aisle can also be an indicator of a potential government shutdown, which is exactly what we are experiencing now. This government shutdown is set to take place on October 1st if we don't reach an agreement by September 30th. The last government shutdown we had was in 2019. Let's talk about why a government shutdown happens. A government shutdown happens when Congress cannot come to an agreement on 12 bills that fund government operations before the start of the new fiscal year. Really quickly, a fiscal year is a one-year period that companies and governments use for financial reporting and budgeting. It represents the start of a new year, not necessarily January 1st. 
It can be in different quarters within the year. The fiscal year for the government begins on October 1st on Q4 or quarter four. So every year before October 1st, before the new fiscal year starts, they have to come to an agreement on 12 bills that need to be funded. These 12 bills are known as the 12 annual appropriation bills. These 12 bills consist of the following, agriculture, commerce, defense, energy, financial services, homeland security, the environment, labor and education, the legislative branch, military construction, state and foreign operations, transportation, and lastly, any mandatory programs. I did research to try and find out exactly what the issue was with both sides of the aisles trying to agree on the 12 bills, if there was something specifically that was holding up Congress from coming to an agreement. I did read in a Forbes article that the conflict was primarily over the Ukraine funding and border security, but I was not able to confirm that anywhere and they didn't provide a source for that comment. When I read statements like that, I don't care who's providing the news. I always like to cross-reference and see if I can confirm those types of statements. And when I can't confirm them, then I like to just take them with a grain of salt because a lot of this is being highly politicized with the coming up election next year. This is exactly what was happening in May with the debt ceiling debate. All right, so any time that Congress does not agree on the 12 annual appropriation bills, then we have a Anti-Deficiency Act that takes place. This act was initially passed in 1884, and then it was amended in 1950. And what it does is enforce that federal agencies cannot spend or obligate any money without an appropriation, meaning approval, from Congress. So those 12 appropriation bills need to be approved with an assigned amount of money that both sides of the aisle agree to. If Congress fails to approve these bills, federal agencies must seize all non-essential functions until Congress acts. And this is known as a government shutdown. It's important for us to note the detail that if Congress does enact some of the bills, meaning they approve some of them, then we only go into a partial shutdown. And that will only affect partial departments in the government, not a full government shutdown. We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to discuss what happens when the government shutdown actually occurs and how we can expect the government shutdown to impact the overall economy. Investee, have you started investing yet? 
Did you know that investing can completely change your mindset and perspective on money? That's how we're gonna build generational wealth is by investing. This is the perfect time to start your journey. Join me on November 4th and 5th for the Virtual Wealth Warrior course. Check out inlusewetrust.com for more information on the curriculum and why it's important for you to get started. I'm excited to see you there. And we're back. So here's what happens when a government shutdown occurs. There are many federal employees that are told to simply not report to work. However, we do have some employees that are deemed essential. They will have to report to work. Some examples of that are law enforcement and traffic control. However, those essential employees will not get paid. That department that pays out government employees is shut down and not functioning. Once the government reopens, those employees will get paid retroactively. This is currently being called a Republican shutdown. This is because it is a group of Republicans that are refusing to budge on further spending. While it is not clear which of the 12 bills they are not agreeing on, what we do know is that Republicans are wanting to spend less on these bills. So they're refusing to come to an agreement and approve them because they are wanting to cut budgets. The positive news here is that since 1976, we have had 20 government shutdowns and the average shutdown has only lasted eight days. These are typically short because government employees aren't getting paid. So, you know, they're trying to move it along as fast as possible. The longest government shutdown we have had was in 2019. That shutdown lasted 34 days. However, it was a partial shutdown, so it didn't affect a lot of folks across the board. That specific shutdown was tied to Trump's demand for $5.7 billion in federal funds for the U.S.-Mexico border wall. Something that I do feel is concerning that I also briefly mentioned in our last episode is that with a government shutdown, we may not have access to all of the inflation data that we rely on in order to make a decision on whether or not we should raise interest rates or pause interest rate hikes in order to lower inflation. This does raise some concern, but we also have to see how long the shutdown will take place. So what is the likelihood of the shutdown taking place? I honestly think it is pretty likely, given that today is Tuesday when I'm recording this episode and we have no resolution on 12 bills with the shutdown looming for Sunday, October 1st. Now for the pressing question. What is the impact that the government shutdown will have on the economy? You all know I love me some data. 
Historically, the government shutdowns have not had a significant impact on the economy. Despite all of the political rhetoric that we're currently hearing that suggests otherwise, GDP, which stands for gross domestic product, that measures the health and the growth of the economy, has remained fairly stable along with the stock market. In fact, during that 34-day shutdown in 2019, the stock market experienced a strong rally. However, with that being said, we have all kinds of things going on around us. There is inflation, there's rate hikes, there are problems on problems on problems right now. So I feel like although historically we've never seen the stock market impacted, the stock market is sensitive right now. We, we are sensitive. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 26th, and I actually believe that this aggressive little downturn that we had Monday and today, Tuesday, is the stock market processing the potential shutdown. Now, I understand that historically the stock market has not been impacted, but again, given all of the news around us, I do feel like it is processing that potential shutdown, not to mention Moody's giving us a hard warning that we can get downgraded. There's just too many things going on right now in the market. With that being said, the market is always forward looking. So if we do shut down, by the time that takes place, the market will already be focused on something else down the line. Today's takeaway is the market is forward looking, it is processing information, and once the actual information takes place, the stock market has already moved on to the next thing, whether positive or negative. The stock market is typically the canary in the coal mine. I wouldn't be too worried about a government shutdown. You already know that these are opportunities for us to start building our portfolios or continue building our portfolios. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. If you have found this episode educational, if you're enjoying the content, please let us know by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it. Investees Podcast is a Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust production. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. A very special thank you to our team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, Asia Simpson, Nina Gensler, Debs, and Samaya Adams. <laughs>